Hello and welcome to the Unadorned Word. My name is Rosie G and I'm speaking to you from the beautiful Gold Coast in Australia. This is podcast number 42 of the Unadorned Word, a daily Bible reading and devotional podcast. And this year, our theme is Living the Milk and Honey Life, the Life of Risk and Responsibility. Because it takes risk to get honey from bees, and it takes responsibility to get milk from cows. A full life, a great life, is a mixture of risk and responsibility. Leviticus chapters 9 through to 12, and I'm reading from the ebible.org, the World British Edition, a free copyright edition. On the eighth day, Moses called Aaron and his sons, and the elders of Israel. And he said to Aaron, Take a calf from the herd for for a sin offering, and a ram for a burnt offering, without defect, and offer them before the Lord. You shall speak to the children of Israel, saying, Take a male goat for a sin offering, and a calf and a lamb, both a year old, without defect, for a burnt offering and a bull and a ram for peace offerings to sacrifice before the Lord, and a meal offering mixed with oil, for today the Lord appears to you. They brought what Moses commanded before the tent of meeting. All the congregation came near and stood before the Lord. Moses said, This is the thing which the Lord commanded that you should do, and the Lord's glory shall appear to you. Moses said to Aaron, Draw near to the altar and offer your sin offering and your burnt offering and make atonement for yourself and for the people and offer the offering of the people and make atonement for them as the Lord commanded. So Aaron came near to the altar and killed the calf of the sin offering which was for himself. The sons of Aaron presented the blood to him and he dipped his finger in the blood and put it on the horns of the altar, and poured out the blood at the base of the altar. But the fat and the kidneys and the cover from the liver of the sin offering he burnt upon the altar as the Lord commanded Moses. The meat and the skin he burnt with fire outside the camp. He killed the burnt offering, and Aaron's sons delivered the blood to him, and he sprinkled it around on the altar. They delivered the burnt offering to him piece by piece, and the head, he burnt them upon the altar. He washed the innards and the legs, and burnt them on the burnt offering on the altar. He presented the people's offering, and took the goat of the sin offering, which was for the people, and killed it, and offered it for sin, like the first. He presented the burnt offering, and offered it according to the ordinance. He presented the meal offering, and filled his hand from there, and burnt it upon the altar, in addition to the burnt offering of the morning. He also killed the bull and the ram, the sacrifice of peace offerings, which was for the people. Aaron's sons delivered to him blood, which he sprinkled around on the altar, and the fat of the bull and of the ram, the fat tail and that which covers the innards and the kidneys and the cover of the liver. And they put the fat upon the breasts, and he burnt the fat on the altar. Aaron waved the breasts and the right thigh 
for a wave offering before the Lord, as Moses commanded. Aaron lifted up his hands towards the people and blessed them, and he came down from offering the sin offering and the burnt offering and the peace offerings. Moses and Aaron went into the tent of meeting, then came out and blessed the people, and the Lord's glory appeared to all the people. Fire came out from before the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the fat upon the altar. When all the people saw it, they shouted and fell on their faces. Leviticus chapter 10 Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put fire in it and laid incense on it and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. Fire came out from before the Lord and devoured them and they died. Then Moses said to Aaron, This is what the Lord spoke of, saying, I will show myself holy to those who come near me, and before all the people I will be glorified. Aaron held his peace. Moses called Mishael and Elzaphan, the sons of Azul, the uncle of Aaron, and said to them, Draw near, carry your brothers from before the sanctuary out of the camp. So they came near and carried them in their tunics out of the camp, as Moses had said. Moses said to Aaron, and to Eleazar, and to Ithamar his sons, Don't let the hair of your heads go loose, and don't tear your clothes, so that you don't die, and so that he will not be angry with all the congregation. But let your brothers, the whole house of Israel, Bewail the burning which the Lord has kindled. You shall not go out from the door of the tent of meeting, lest you die, for the anointing oil of the Lord is on you. They did according to the word of Moses. Then the Lord said to Aaron, You and your sons are not to drink wine or strong drink whenever you go into the tent of meeting, or you will die. This shall be a statute forever throughout your generations. You are to make a distinction between the holy and the common and between the unclean and the clean. You are to teach the children of Israel all the statutes which the Lord has spoken to them by Moses. Moses spoke to Aaron and to Eleazar and to Ithamar his sons who were left. Take the meal offering that remains of the offerings of the Lord made by fire and eat it without yeast beside the altar, for it is most holy. And you shall eat it in a holy place, because it is your portion and your son's portion of the offerings of the Lord made by fire, so I am commanded. The waved breast and the heaved thigh you shall eat in a clean place, you and your sons and your daughters with you, for they are given as your portion and your son's portion out of the sacrifices of the peace offerings of the children of Israel, the heaved thigh and the waved breast, they shall bring with the offerings made by fire of the fat, to wave it for a wave offering before the Lord. It shall be yours and your sons with you as a portion for ever, as the Lord has commanded. Moses diligently inquired about the goat of the sin offering, and behold, it was burnt. He was angry with Eleazar and with Ithamar, the sons of Aaron, who were left, saying, Why haven't you eaten the sin offering in the place of the sanctuary, 
since it is most holy, and he has given it to you to bear the iniquity of the congregation, to make atonement for them before the Lord. Its blood was not brought into the inner part of the sanctuary. You certainly should have eaten it in the sanctuary as I commanded. Aaron spoke to Moses. Today they have offered their sin offering and their burnt offering before the Lord, and such things as these have happened to me. If I had eaten the sin offering today, would it have been pleasing in the Lord's sight? When Moses heard that, it was pleasing in his sight. Leviticus chapter 11 The Lord spoke to Moses and to Aaron, saying to them, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, These are the living things which you may eat amongst all the animals that are on the earth, whatever parts the hoof and is cloven-footed, and chews the cud amongst the animals that you may eat. Nevertheless, these you shall not eat of those that chew the cud, or of those who part the hoof. The camel, because it chews the cud but doesn't have a parted hoof, is unclean to you. The hyrax, because it chews the cud but doesn't have a parted hoof, it is unclean to you. The hare, because it chews the cud but doesn't have a parted hoof, is unclean to you. The pig, because it has a split hoof and is cloven-footed but doesn't chew the cud, is unclean to you. You shall not eat their meat, you shall not touch their carcasses, they are unclean to you. These you may eat of all that are in the waters, whatever has fins and scales in the waters, in the seas and in the rivers, that you may eat. All that don't have fins and scales in the seas and rivers, all that move in the waters, and all the living creatures that are in the waters, they are an abomination to you and you shall detest them. You shall not eat of their meat, and you shall detest their carcasses. Whatever has no fin nor scales in the water is an abomination to you. You shall detest these amongst the birds. They shall not be eaten, because they are an abomination. The eagle, the vulture, the black vulture, the red kite, any kind of black kite, any kind of raven, the horned owl, the screech owl, the gull, any kind of hawk, the little owl, the cormorant, the great owl, the white owl, the desert owl, the osprey, the stork, any kind of heron, the hoopoe, and the bat. All flying insects that walk on all fours are an abomination to you, yet you may eat these. Of all winged creeping things that go on all fours, which have long jointed legs for hopping on the earth. Even of these you may eat any kind of locust, any kind of catadid, any kind of cricket, and any kind of grasshopper. But all winged creeping things which have four feet are an abomination to you. By these you will become unclean. Whoever touches their carcass shall be unclean until the evening. Whoever carries any part of their carcass shall wash his clothes and be unclean until the evening. Every animal which has a split hoof that isn't completely divided or doesn't chew the cud is unclean to you. Everyone who touches them shall be unclean. Whatever goes on its paws amongst all animals that go on all fours, they are unclean to you. 
whoever touches their carcass shall be unclean until the evening. He who carries their carcass shall wash his clothes and be unclean until the evening. They are unclean to you. These are they which are unclean to you amongst the creeping things that creep on the earth, the weasel, the rat, any kind of great lizard, the gecko and the monitor lizard, the wall lizard, the skink and the chameleon. These are they which are unclean to you amongst those that creep. Whoever touches them when they are dead shall be unclean until the evening. Anything they fall on when they are dead shall be unclean, whether it is any vessel of wood or clothing or skin or sack, whatever vessel it is with which any work is done, it must be put into water and it shall be unclean until the evening. Then it will be clean. Every earthen vessel into which any of them falls and all that is in it shall be unclean. You shall break it. All food which may be eaten, which is soaked in water, shall be unclean. All drink that may be drunk in every such vessel shall be unclean. Everything, whereupon part of their carcass falls, shall be unclean, whether oven or range for pots, it shall be broken in pieces. They are unclean, and shall be unclean to you. Nevertheless, a spring or a cistern in which water is gathered shall be clean, but that which touches their carcass shall be unclean. If part of their carcass falls on any sowing seed which is to be sown, it is clean. But if water is put on the seed and part of the carcass falls on it, it is unclean to you. If any animal of which you may eat dies, he who touches its carcass shall be unclean until the evening. He who eats of its carcass shall wash his clothes and be unclean until the evening. He also who carries its carcass shall wash his clothes and be unclean until the evening. Every creeping thing that creeps on the earth is an abomination. It shall not be eaten. Whatever goes on its belly and whatever goes on all fours or whatever has many feet, even all creeping things that creep on the earth, them you shall not eat, for they are an abomination. You shall not make yourselves abominable with any creeping thing that creeps. You shall not make yourselves unclean with them, that you should be defiled by them. For I am the Lord your God. Sanctify yourselves, therefore, and be holy, for I am holy. You shall not defile yourselves with any kind of creeping thing that moves on the earth. For I am the Lord who brought you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. You shall therefore be holy for I am holy. This is the law of the animal and of the bird and of every living creature that moves in the waters and of every living creature that creeps on the earth to make a distinction between the unclean and the clean and between the living thing that may be eaten and the living thing that may not be eaten. Leviticus chapter 12 The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, If a woman conceives and bears a male child, then she shall be unclean seven days, as in the days of her monthly period she shall be unclean. In the eighth day the flesh of his foreskin shall be circumcised. She shall continue in the blood of purification thirty-three days. 
She shall not touch any holy thing, nor come into the sanctuary, until the days of her purifying are completed. But if she bears a female child, then she shall be unclean two weeks, as in her period, and she shall continue in the blood of purification sixty-six days, when the days of her purification are completed, for a son or for a daughter. She shall bring to the priest at the door of the tent of meeting a year-old lamb for a burnt offering, and a young pigeon or a turtle dove for a sin offering. He shall offer it before the Lord and make atonement for her. Then she shall be cleansed from the fountain of her blood. This is the law for her who bears, whether a male or a female. If she cannot afford a lamb, then she shall take two turtle doves or two young pigeons, the one for a burnt offering and the other for a sin offering. The priest shall make atonement for her, and she shall be clean. Thank you for listening. You're listening to the Unadorned Word, and we're reading Leviticus chapters 9 to 12, Living in the Land of Milk and Honey, the Life of Risk and Responsibility. And our key verse today is Leviticus 11 verse 45. I am the Lord who brought you up out of Egypt to be your God because I am holy. It's not easy to follow and understand Leviticus. So much is very different to our culture and society. Where the food laws are concerned, there are different theories. All have anomalies or problems with them. There are things that we just don't understand. But there is one thing we can understand, and it is this verse which gives us the clue. A big part of what these laws are about is separation, creating a sacred space where the worshipper could come into God's presence, but also creating a separation between the Israelite and the surrounding nations. The Israelites worship the God of gods, the Lord of lords. Therefore, there has to be a difference between them and the nations around them. They carry the seed of the Messiah. They don't have an understanding of that yet. But it is through these laws and these experiences of God that they'll begin to know and understand that. The Israelite people were set apart and chosen by God, released from slavery, and they will be delivered into the promised land. This is a people called to be holy because God is holy. Their relationship with God sets them apart from all other peoples. The priesthood was set apart to do the work of the tabernacle, teaching and passing on the laws that kept the Israelites separated from their neighbours. What sets us apart as believers? The food laws, the sacrificial systems, they are gone now. The seed of the Messiah has travelled through the generations until the right time when Jesus was born, fully God and fully man. In Acts chapter 10, God makes it clear to Peter and the apostles the old systems of sacrifice and food laws are gone. No more are they the identifying mark of God's people. So, 
I ask again, what now sets us apart? In John 13, Jesus washes the feet of the disciples, even the feet of Judas, whom he knows is about to betray him. The act is very deliberate. It is something a master or teacher would never do. Simon Peter is horrified that Jesus would want to wash his feet. And Jesus tells them, I tell you the truth. No servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Then in verse 34 and 35, he gives a new commandment. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. We carry not the seed of the Messiah. We carry the Holy Ghost. We carry God within us. God within us expresses himself through our love for one another. We can forget this, become concerned for our worship, our ministry, our works, our day-to-day life. But there is only one thing now that sets us apart from everything and everyone else. It is our love for one another. Not our love for God, not our love for Jesus, but our love for one another. Jesus elaborates further. In John 14, verse 23, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. And what is his teaching in Mark 12? A teacher of the law asks Jesus, Of all the commandments, which is the most important? Jesus doesn't go to the Ten Commandments. He first goes to Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 to 5. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And then he goes to Leviticus, this most difficult book of the Old Testament to chapter 19, which begins with, Be holy, because I, the Lord your God, am holy. Holiness is about being set apart. What sets the Israelite community apart is not just the way they worship their God, but the way they were called to treat one another. And not just one another, but the poor and the stranger. They were called to be honest with one another, to treat one another with integrity. Don't withhold wages. Don't show partiality. Speak frankly and honestly with your neighbor. Don't go after revenge, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Leviticus, not just about creating sacred space, a place where it was safe to meet with God, but also creating a safe space, a community where people could live without fear. This is now what separates us, sets us apart, makes us holy. 
It is God dwelling within us. We don't have to manufacture that love or work on it. It's there simply because we've chosen to love Jesus and obey his teaching. Thousands of years ago, when the Israelites first built the tabernacle, it was to create a sacred space, a space where it was possible to enter God's presence and live. Creating that space involved learning new ways of treating people, ways that created a safe community. Now we are the tabernacle, the holy place, the sacred space. God's presence dwells within us, and when his presence dwells within us, we become sacred space. We also become safe space, because our love for our neighbor, our care for those around us, the way we uphold and respect life, makes us milk and honey people, people of risk and responsibility, people not afraid to stand up for what is good and right. What sets us apart? Love and service for one another. That's what sets us apart. Thank you for listening to The Unadorned Word. I so appreciate your time and I hope that this message today has spoken to you and lifted your heart. Go serve and love others because that's what sets us apart. Thank you and I'll catch you again tomorrow.